listening to the Batman Universe Commentaries, brought to you by thebatmanuniverse.net. Join the staff of the Batman Universe as we watch another exciting incarnation of the Cape Crusader from his extensive media library. Hello again, and welcome back to the Batman Universe Commentaries uh, in this batch. Uh, we are going over episodes from Batman the Brave and the Bold again. Uh, this is Donovan, and today I'm joined by... Chris Johnson. And uh, tonight, or today, or this morning, or whenever you're listening to this, we are going to watch the episode uh, from Batman the Brave and Bold Season 2 titled The Super Batman of Planet X. Uh, one thing I love about these uh, episodes is that they all end on an exclamation point. Which yes. is quite awesome. <laughs> That's a very fun comic book thing they do with it. Oh, absolutely. Um, so before we like, you know, actually start watching the episode, we do like to get a bit of preamble and history uh, because we are the Batman universe and, you know, we know above all. So uh, this episode, if you guys are not as familiar with, like, the comic book origins of it, uh, you might be familiar with the more modern or recent comic book origins of it in that uh, if you read Batman R.I.P., you might be familiar with a certain character that Kevin Conroy voices in this um, so, uh, Chris, since you are, uh, you are well known across the universe <laughs> as, <laughs> as a fan of, um, old school Silver Age and 50s Batman, would you want to get into a bit of, like, the backgrounds of, of, uh, uh, what goes on in this episode and where it stems from in, in its comic book origins? Sure. Uh, well, this, uh, episode has Batman, uh, traveling in space with Green Arrow, and his ship goes off course and he ends up going to another planet where he has the powers of Superman on a planet that has its own Batman. Uh, and they kind of team up and go against that planet's uh, version of Lex Luthor because, well, they have... Because uh, kind of it's interesting how they have our, the regular Batman, have Superman's powers while the Batman of that planet has Superman analogs like uh, a Lois Lane and a Lex Luthor. <laughs> That he goes against. Um, and this is uh, inspired by a story called Batman the Superman of Planet X, which was from Batman number 113 uh, from cover day February 1958. Uh, and if you listen to our last episode, we got into a bit about Dick Sprang, uh, and he actually was the artist on this story. And there's a little bit of difference, um, because in the actual story, Batman, uh, Bruce Wayne... Uh, one night has some force compelling him to put on his Batman costume. <laughs> the and plot. So, yeah. <laughs> and so he flies off in his bat plane, and then he starts to get dizzy, and he finds himself on uh, the planet Zurinar, uh, where uh, the Batman of that planet is having trouble with some robots, and because of uh, the you know difference in gravity and everything, uh, the Batman of Earth on the Planet X uh, has the powers of Superman, and so uh, the Batman of Zuranar recruited Batman to help him uh, take down these robots. Uh, and so, and they kind of ended on a, well, it was a dream, or was it? You know, type note, because uh, Batman has uh, the Batman of Zuranar's device, the Bat Radia, with him at the end of the story. Um, and of course, it was only like a, I think, eight page story, uh, because they had like, 
in the Batman issues at that time, they usually had three stories uh, rather than just one long story. And so it was only like eight or ten pages at most. And so they had to expand it out for the cartoon. And the way they did it was to kind of add the Superman elements to it, uh, just kind of have that parallel with it. And, you know, I think they did they did a great job of having the spirit of the original story and also being able to add on to it to make it the length of, you know, one of the Batman the Brave and the Bold episodes. Right. And to, uh, is the, um, the Superman analog with Lois Lane and, and uh, Lex Luthor x is that from the original comic? No. That was something that they added in to expand it out. Uh, the original one was just him. You know the, the robots that the Lex Luthor analog has? Uh, yeah. Uh, those were those were the robots that were actually in the original story, and they were just like robots that were attacking. Okay. Uh, because of this other alien race invading, and they were using these robots. And so it was just kind of a you know, generic alien threat that uh, Batman was called on by this Batman of Zeronar to fight against. I want to say I've read this story once before, but it, it would have only been once, and it had been a while. Because I remember... Uh, I remember when the Black Case book came out. And this isn't including the Black Case book, most assuredly, right? Yeah. Because that was sort of like uh, Grant Morrison's cheat sheet as to what to put into his books. Um, so I'm, I'm it gonna... is in uh, the Batman in the 50s collection, so that's probably where you read it. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. I figure as much because I, I I know I've read this book before, but you know because of the way the stories were written, you know there's like a dozen panels on the page and the storytelling is kind of like really brisk. It didn't really stick with me as much. Um, so you'll probably be. Uh, calling more of the references out in this one as opposed to the last time. We, we both kind of just shot them out all at once. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is fun. But um, that's what will be interesting. Uh, and I think, I think I've only seen this episode once before. And I I know I remember the hype around it because Kevin Conroy was voicing Batman. But Zounds, it wasn't our Batman. And, um, you know, all the other stuff. Um, and I remember, like, I, I actually really like this Batman of Zoranar design. Like, the, the, uh, the ears are a bit longer. And, like, uh, he kind of wears a cut-off T-shirt looking costume. <laughs> Yeah, I love the co- I love the cos I love the colors on the costume, the purple and the red and the yellow. Uh, it just looks totally crazy, mm-hmm. uh, but it totally works. Um, it's one of my favorite fifty stories, which was why it was kind of like when they announced that Batmite was going to be in the cartoon. When they announced that they were going to do a Batman of Zuranar episode from the actual original story, that was another one of those things about the cartoon that had me just jumping up and down my chair. Can't mm-hmm. wait for it. Uh, and then, uh, like they did a couple of times um, throughout the air, the original airing of the show, uh, they pulled it. They they just really? stopped. They stopped. Uh, po- well, they didn't like pull it over like content, but they just stopped airing new episodes. And it was like months until they started airing episodes again. And Cartoon Network did this just randomly while the show was going on. It was really infuriating. Uh, because you'd be, oh yeah, it's time for Batman the Brave and the Bold, and then it wouldn't be there. Oh, that um, got, they, they didn't. They, trust me, they still do that. They, they did that before Young Justice ended. They had oh, yeah. Young Justice, and then like you know, get ready for How to Train Your Dragon, and I was like, no. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was funny because they didn't uh, set it not to go up on iTunes the next day. Hmm. So for like a whole block of episodes, they were available on iTunes before they caught it. And this one I grabbed because I noticed it was people talking about it being on there, and uh, so I watched this before it actually aired when it was available on iTunes briefly, 
And I was like, this is the greatest Batman cartoon of all time. <laughs> um, awesome. Which I'd probably revise now, having seen uh, other episodes that they did along the lines, but just because of the adaptation of like one of, and keeping the spirit of one of my favorite 50 stories, I do love this episode quite a bit. Excellent. Um, now, to this date, have they have they shown everything but that Brave, uh, Birds of Prey episode? Yes, I think that I think the Birds of Prey episode is the only one that they didn't air. Is, do we know why? Is that is that specifically for that 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 really sleazy song, or is it? Yeah, it, it's for the song. Is, it, we know it's for the song. The song. It's got to be for the song. Because <laughs> like there, that's not there's not even subtext in that song. It's no. all text. God, yeah. Because <laughs> that, that is on iTunes, by the way. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's it's on the DVDs too. Oh, they, okay. I think it was. I think they produced it for the second season, but it's actually on. I think the third season DVD is like a bonus episode. Mm. Funnily enough. Okie dokie. So uh, we'll we'll have to do a commentary on that one one of these days because I will be, oh, yeah. be all sweating. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, okay, awesome. So uh, if you guys are queued up to uh, zero zero, we can get started watching the Super Batman of Planet X. So uh, after a count of three, I'll press, I'll, I'll say play and then press play, and then hopefully you guys will too. So uh, we will start watching this episode in three, two, one, play. This is one of my favorite teaser openings. <laughs> now I know why. <laughs> As I zoom out. <laughs> yep. Pimp Doc Magnus. <laughs> I love Matches Malone in this cartoon. Yes. In yeah. space! Yeah, for, for some reason he does intergalactic deals. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, like, with the shades and the toothpick, it's so perfect. Like, the way they did... Denny O'Neill had Matches Malone, it's, it's pitch perfect. Mm-hmm. <laughs> love how it just rips the hair off and everything in his costumes underneath. I always love the idea, and they do in the comics, in the old comics, that he would wear a human mask over his bat cowl, which yeah. is insane. The Metal Men. These are characters that I've only learned, uh, or I only only knew about when I was reading like DC history uh, books. Because mm-hmm. I don't think I've actually read any comics with the middleman, have you? No, I don't think I have actually. I know that they're. Uh, I think they were. They had a cameo in uh, New Fifty Two. Uh, not the New Fifty Two, but the New Frontier. <laughs> that's like, that's awesome. I love that. They have a funky theme. That's another and, uh, thing with the show that uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, well, I was just gonna say that Kandra Rowe uh, popped up in the very first episode of the show. Oh, okay. So it's kind of cool that they brought him back for uh, one of the teasers. To get beat up by the middleman. Yep. And pimp Doc Magnus. I don't see about Doctor Magnus. Like, ah, oh, partner, and Batman's kind of weird. So uh, I'll yeah. look that up and see what that, what that's about. <laughs> I think I think it's just because he's irked that he blew their cover. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm jumping I... the chance to work with you again since you couldn't, you know, keep your cover during this deal. <laughs> yeah, next time we'll get him right. He's like, oh yeah, sure. 
but I was gonna say um, that's one of the things about the show that I love. Is that even I like it when they have characters that I've never heard of, or I've heard of the Metal Men, but you know I'm usually not accustomed to because that just shows uh, how deep the well of love for these old comics that these char- that these uh, creators have. Basically. Oh yeah, and I mean they like do some characters that only appeared a couple of times. Uh, you know, just some that have barely appeared at all, along with some of the more obscure characters that are still, like, to comic fans, are at least well-known. And, I mean, you know, just going back to, you know, this being a show for kids, that they have so much DC history put into it. Absolutely. That they draw from. And old-school DC Comics really does work great for kids in terms of, like, how the heroes were and how the stories were back then. Oh, yeah. Like, Silver Age DC was very much for kids on the superhero side, mm-hmm. and Marvel was very, and that's kind of like I, what, I like the delineation between the two, because Marvel was aimed at an older audience with, you know, the focus more on the uh, secret identities of the superheroes right. than on just doing totally crazy, you know, out-there adventures. Right. So they, the two companies' output during the Silver Age actually complement each other very well, I think. Just the idea of Batman and Green Arrow, two very street, street-centric street characters, flying in space like there's no big deal. Yes. <laughs> it's really funny. I love Green Arrow in this cartoon. He's one of my favorite characters on it. I, do, I love his design. I, lo- I love those red gloves. That's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's just funny. The uh, the world of is the planet's called Zeranark, right? Yes. It lo- it looks very much like what, uh, from what I remember reading the comic, like the buildings and stuff. Yeah, I think so. Well, I know the robots definitely were taken from the comic. I haven't read it in a while about the so I can't remember the city. Oh, this is really cool. I love what they do here. Her shoulder ring. <laughs> I can tell this Clancy Brown uh, uh, traditional looks through her voice. Criminal skim. Yeah, that's him recognizing his superpowers <laughs> on this planet, but basically he just saved Bruce Wayne right there. Hmm. Because, they uh, should have... Oh, wow. <laughs> That has an effect on you before you see him. Yeah. That's really cool. And there's the bat radio. The bat radio. (laughs) I love how they zoom out. Man, oh man. Is this dialogue from the same comic? Because it sounds really cheesy. <laughs> Parts of it might be. Oh, look, look at him. <laughs> He's just smiling. Yeah. Because in the original, he knowingly teleported him to the planet. Right, I, I do remember that part. How <laughs> <laughs> would you like to have that crashing through your window? be absolutely horrified. And... Of course, the city they've renamed Gothtropolis as a mashup of Gotham and Metropolis. Gothtropolis. <laughs> what do you think of uh, Conroy's, Conroy's performance as uh, Zero and R Batman in this? Oh, it's really fun. 
because he's he's kind of he's do, definitely doing it with more of a smile yeah. than in uh you know because he played it very serious in BTAS but here he gets to have a little bit more of a lighthearted nature to it and we get to see Clancy Brown who played the businessman Lex Luthor play the mad scientist 50s Silver Age Lex Luthor It is a bit, I'm not going to say bad, but it's a bit odd for me hearing Dana Delaney do this like really Silver Age gal reporter Lois Lane, considering <laughs> her Lois Lane was very much like a modern, like postmodern, like, you know, real world Lois Lane, which works really well. So this is kind of like, you know, they did, I mean, it, was, it, still, it still works well in contrast, you know, how they do Lois Lane later on in the series, but uh, it is a bit uh, new. <laughs> right. And Those it, robots, oh man. And then this is, and they do um, bring back past casts later on, because uh, we have Clancy Brown playing the Lex Luthor analog, and Dana Delaney is the Lois Lane analog. Right. And then, of course, you have Chill of the Night, where they brought, you know, Adam West and Lee Merriweather, I think it was. was um, Lee Merriweather was Julie, Julia Newmar. I don't know. Uh, it might have been Julie Newmar. I think you're right. It was Julie Newmar. And then Kevin Conroy again, and Mark Hamill. On one episode. Um, That's one of my favorite episodes of all time. Oh, yeah. That's one of the best they ever did, no question. Uh, I'm sure we'll get to it sometime. That's that's a nice bit, the floating eyeball as a camera. Yeah. It's a pretty cool design. (laughs) Did they only... And they only did... uh, it's interesting that like the Lois Lane XP is like redheaded. Did they only do Vicky Vale the one time in that mummy short, or was it? Or had they had her appear before in this show? I want to say she showed up another time, but it might have been just there. Okay. Um, I'm trying to remember now. I want to say, uh, or yeah, I probably shouldn't say, but you know, when he just said it tickled, that reminds me of that that famous Superman image where like he's getting struck by lightning and says it tickles. Mm-hmm. But uh. It could be coincidence, I don't know. <laughs> it should also be said that like uh there was a storyline in the um the then running Superman Batman series where Batman gained Superman's powers and Superman lost his powers and Batman literally grew power mad. Hmm. Did you ever read that? No, I haven't. It was actually really interesting. Like it was drawn by Rags Morales, Fred who wrote it. And he, he actually, like, like the power actually does drive him a bit crazy. It wasn't like a what-if issue, although that series kind of turned into a what-if comic series. But uh, it was really interesting. He would fly around, like, you know, outfly Robin and stuff and uh, fight Bane. It was... Well, this one, he's a lot less uh, crazy. <laughs> Freeze eyes. Good Lord. And we saw, a little bit back, we saw uh, this plant's version of Commissioner Gordon. Mm-hmm. Um which I think is the only time a version of Gordon appears on screen in the show. Really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the only time. Uh, I know he called Batman one time uh, to do an homage to the the phone. Yeah, I love Uh, that bit. I love that bit so much. Yeah, but I don't think we ever saw him on screen except for uh, the analog in this episode. And and the character design is straight from Dick Sprang of Harry Drew Gordon. 
<laughs> the hole in the penny. Yeah. I love the idea that like he just has that in his in the back cave. Like, at what point would you need to test up a super a super strength tester? Yeah, Conroy's Batman here sounds a bit more inquisitive, a bit more science science uh, scientific like. Yeah. Alfred, did you? <laughs> This is why you're a tangent. Did you ever listen to the uh, Batman on Batman interview with Bruce Tim? Yes. Do you remember? What, what, do you remember uh, that proposed Batman series that they're going to do, like in the future? He was talking about that they never ended up doing because it sounded too sucky. Uh, no, I don't remember that. I was listening. To, I was re-listening it last night because it's really funny. And like, um, apparently, before they did Justice League, they were proposing an idea of a Batman show. That was going to be like a big. They were selling out, and they admitted it as much. It's going to be like this big, like sort of anime-inspired futuristic Batman show, and they said that like one of the characters they were going to do is have a robot called Alpha Red, mm. and like at that point, I screamed betrayal and threw my iPod across the room. But um, I'm wondering, I want because James Tucker would have been working for him at the time. I'm wondering if that's a reference to that because I only found that out after the fact of watching this episode. It's got to be. It's a really funny name, then. The Solar Cycle. <laughs> that's a, wow, that's a really interesting uh, job for uh, Kevin Conroy to do, like the, the Clark Kent kind of character. Well, the, 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 like without the glasses, he does kind of look like the animated series Bruce, Bruce Wayne. Yeah, and the animated series Bruce Wayne was uh, a very absent-minded kind of playboy. Yeah, foppish. Take, and the, he just kind of made him more, and this is kind of just taking that to the next level, making him all clumsy and Clark Kentish. And here we have uh, a riff on "It's a Bird, It's a Plane." Yes, Gothopolis. Those aliens are from a '50s comic. Yeah, they they look like it. Yeah, I can't remember that, like, which on, one. On the on the day that he has superpowers and is on that planet, everything bad happens. <laughs> oh, that's that's just because it's a comic book or a yeah, cartoon, I should say. That one probably is too. I would imagine so. It's, it's been very rare where they've created characters. I know they created a uh, baby face or baby head, uh, and I know they created like a they created like a toy man kind of character in that in a Christmas episode. Oh but yeah. For the most part, for the most part, they kind of just uh, this is insane. <laughs> like the, the Superman things is starting to get to me. It's just like it's very very uh, similar. <laughs> Awesome. Green Arrow is kind of the butt monkey in this series too. <laughs> He's always getting beat up. My favorite bit of his is like a in that Catwoman short where like he's waiting for Batman to save him. Batman's just flirting with Catwoman. Have you seen the Psychics episode? Uh, I, I probably had. I I think only once a while ago. Okay, well we're d doing that in the next batch. All right, sounds like a plan. Because. I love that episode, and it's got my favorite Green Arrow moment in it. Show me what you said made me think of it. This is right out of, um... I, I know it looks like they've done this at least once a tooth thing. Like, something's in his tooth. I was about to say, like, in the Amazing Spider-Man Superman crossover that they did, mm -hmm. to make money, to make money, yeah. um, <laughs> uh, he, like, had this sort of, like, fake epidermal, uh, like, a fake skin or fake, fake thumbprint or whatever to get out of jail. Like, he kind of took his thumbprint off and like it turned into explosions so I thought they're going to go for that but I remember yeah he just had his tooth 
and the the robot is very Dick Spring, and I want to say I want to say I'm trying to remember because I think the ones we saw at the beginning were in. I'm trying to remember if they were from Fleischer or not. Yeah, I was. I, was, I think the, the thought across my mind, like they're very much like they're like forties at the latest kind of design uh, robots. Yeah. Kevin Conroy is really good. Like even even when he's not doing like typical Batman, he's actually a he's just a, a pleasant voice to listen to. Oh yeah, definitely. So quickly. And this is kind of interesting having a ba- one Batman advise another Batman. Yes. Because Batman is usually the one who's on top of everything and knows uh, the right way to go about things and is kind of mentoring other superheroes in the show. And so it's interesting mm-hmm. to have one ba- Batman serve as the mentor to the other. And it's not Batman Beyond. No. <laughs> <laughs> not that that's bad, but it's like, you know, it's an, a, a version of that. I love their take on Luthor, like kind of the fat-headed Luthor. Yes. And they and they they went the extra mile, giving him his own uh, logo and on a shirt and a cape, and <laughs> made him full-on supervillain. I I love the idea of villains wearing capes. It's so uh, egomaniacal. Although when heroes do it, oh lord. <laughs> I I I have not seen this in a long time. <laughs> And we gotta do. I mean, it goes on saying we gotta do the Superman crossover episode sooner or later. Oh yeah. So I, I I adore that episode on many levels, and I love their take on Lex Luthor with uh, Kevin Michael Richardson voicing him. Oh yeah. How power mad he is. So I wonder what uh, the Batman of Zoranar would have done when, uh, uh, I don't know this character's name, <laughs> Mr. Rotul. Luthor kind of guy. Rule Tool? Rule Tool, yeah, it's Luthor backwards. Ah, uh, It's <laughs> like, uh, the Teen Titans cartoon did a riff on that with, like, their version of, uh, did you ever watch Teen Titans cartoon? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, they, they did a version of, um... <laughs> that, sh- that ship is straight from, uh, the comic, the original comic. Yeah, that's awesome. Great design on that, too. It is. It's really nicely designed. And you said Dick Spring uh, illustrated that. Yep. Clip. That looks like that looks like a Dick Spring design. Like, it's very, like, kind of curvy in a way which I can't really fully articulate. Yeah, that's the thing. Like I was saying in the previous episode, I can't really articulate, articulate why I love Dick Spring's work so much except for saying it looks good. Like, <laughs> it's very bouncy looking. It's, it's very, like, full of energy in, in, an, uh, in a... Um, I don't know, sort of an observational way, I guess. Yeah, and I guess, I guess kind of like how you say with uh, the roundness to it. Because he does have a lot of roundness I, and, and curves in his art. Whenever I think of like how he draws Batman and Robin, like their eyes are kind of always upturned and the, and the bat looks a bit more bouncy and their capes look a bit more kind of... It, it, looks, it looks comic booky in a good way that's not... It's sort of like, you know, the opposite of Kirby. Kirby's a bit more uh, of a... Of an abstract renderer, if, if that's even a phrase. But uh, <laughs> Dick Spring's a bit more like uh, kind of b- bouncy and. Uh, <laughs> I 
I'm getting caught up in these performances. Yeah, I know. <laughs> this really is good. Like, like I, 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 it's been a while since I've seen this episode, but I remember some of these beats. But like, Kevin Conroy. Yeah, and this one doesn't have a ton of references to it, so there's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of opportunity to say. just watch it and get caught up in it. Right. But yeah, this this one is a lot more um, action adventure oriented. This is one of the more action adventure oriented episodes. This, this one's a bit more straight. Yeah. More less uh, weaking at the audience, which is fine. But like, uh, it serves as an action a kids action cartoon, which still works well. Yeah, like, especially compared to um, the Batman cartoon. This one's much more linear. <laughs> Bat spray. <laughs> I was thinking about like the a whiff of the bat gas from the sixties movie. Right. I would totally watch a show with these two Batmans running around. Yeah. Because I love Dieter Bader's Batman. He's really cool, and like this, Kevin Conroy Zoran R Batman specifically is a lot of fun too. I'm really impressed with how like they, how well they pulled off. As I, I I forget how the comic kind of differentiated the Zernar Batman because usually back in those days, the heroes kind of were uh, similar in personality. Yeah. So I'm trying I'm trying to remember like uh, how how different he was. So I, I like this one. He's got a bit more just he's he's kind of sly and intelligent and all that. Yeah, I think they were kind of played the same. Um, in the original comic, but with having uh, since they had to flesh it out, they have a lot more time to get into the characters and the way they play up Batman having uh, the superpowers and the Batman of Zero and R getting a little bit jealous of him. <laughs> uh, it allows them to kind of make him a little bit deeper. And I, God, I just love the how just super <laughs> 60s villainish they have Lex Luthor being. Because we, for so long, and um, because with the DCAU being like, the dominant uh, universe and what we saw, the mold for DC Animation. Uh, We've had the businessman Lex Luthor for so long. It's just really cool to see the more classic mad scientist Luthor. Right. So, like, uh, yeah, because the mad scientist Lex Luthor was a staple for 50-odd years until, like, uh, you know, 86. Right. And I mean, we didn't really like he. I know he showed up in uh, some of the couple of the cartoons that popped up uh, in the '60s and '70s, uh, and I think the Ruby Spears. I think that was in the '80s, but um, not really to like just as full on as they can take it the level to with the bad science. That's a nice touch. Yeah, Green Arrow. This is something I never thought I'd see. <laughs> Oliver Queen floating and flying in the sky. <laughs> What's the episode where like they had a flashback to when they first met Batman and Batman's in his Bob Kane design and and the uh, Green Arrow's and a he's in an even more like like uh, truer design of his original costume. Do you remember that episode? Ah uh, no, I'm sorry, I can't remember it. <laughs> That's so much fun. It is. Like, even as a, you know, except, you know, we were talking about how it's more of a straight, linear 
action cartoon. It really works well because I, I again I don't watch as much television anymore due to you know I'm cursed as an adult. <laughs> <laughs> but um, cartoons, cartoons these days I think it could be because of pers- perspective and uh, generations. But I see some, some cartoons made for kids and like it just doesn't grab me as much as the, uh, this kind of show does because the action is really good. The you know it's very straightforward. It's very much like I don't want to say run of the mill, but it's very much adhering to what you might find in a, in a dilemma for a kids cartoon. But it does it very well. Right, yeah. It sort of exceeds it in the medium, you know. The action's really good, the animation's really good, the fight scenes are really good. When you know, when they slug a guy, they really slug a guy and you know uh, there's so much conviction into what they're doing. Yeah. And you're right that they there are definitely examples from Brave and the Bull that are more ambitious uh, than that episode. Certainly but like they you said the effort that they put into creating the world of Zuranar for this episode. And uh, doing mm-hmm. the Superman riff uh, before they actually had Superman on there, interestingly enough, um, may added gave it another level to it. That kind of take took it a little bit above just being a, a very linear, you know, just action episode. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so that was the Super Batman of Planet X. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, be sure to go back to the uh, BatmanUniverse.net and click on the Batman Universe commentaries for more commentaries on the ones we've done before and the ones we will do in the future. So, uh, for the Batman Universe commentary speaking, this is Donovan and this is Chris. And um, you've been watching uh, the Batman. You've been watching Batman: Brave and the Bold with the Batman Universe commentaries. We'll see you guys next time. Adios. Tune in tomorrow, same bat time. <laughs>